Well, hey guys, I am uh, I am excited to uh, to introduce our speaker to you today. He is our superintendent of our state. We've worked together. We've known each other for a long, long time. And and uh, just like I'm your pastor, he's my pastor. He's the pastor of a. 500 ministers in our entire state, and he's come to uh, celebrate a recent merger of, of our churches and all the good things that are going on. So without any further ado, you welcome Pastor Scott Holmes. Amen. 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 What a great time already this morning. And, uh, you know, you know you're in South Louisiana when about 30 seconds into the first conversation with uh, one of the folks here in the church, it ends up talking about crawfish. And uh, I just want you to know it's not like that in North Louisiana. So, uh, but uh, no, it, we're so happy to be with you, uh, to be with uh, Pastor Mo and Chantel. And uh, it's just an exciting day, an exciting time. Amen? Amen. Before we pray, can I just uh, mention one little verse of Scripture that I want to, uh, I just want to use it mainly as a launching point uh, for us this morning. And uh, it's, it's an interesting verse because it was written uh, thousands of years ago during the Old Testament. And it was uh, penned by one of the prophets, Ezekiel. And he was, at this moment in his life, experiencing, you know, uh, some, some incredible hardships. He was taken captive from his homeland. He was led to, uh, to Babylon, where he spent all of his days growing up. He watched the country that he held dear destroyed. His city, Jerusalem, uh, was absolutely destroyed. The temple that he was raised to worship, all the things that he knew about God were taken away from him. Just, in a, just lived his life as a, as a refugee. But the Lord spoke to him as a prophet, and he began to just encourage him about the future and the restoration that would take place. And he began to give him so much detail of not just the restored city, Pastor Randy, but also the restored temple. And he also talked about how the worship was going to look like in this restoration. And, you know, sometimes as, as leaders of the church, we, we make mistakes by just saying things. I know our heart is good, but sometimes we make statements like, hey, let's just worship the Lord any old way we please. And, and though I understand, hey, let's just worship the Lord however you feel comfortable and, and understand what we're talking about, but yet... We just need to be careful because there are some guidelines in how we worship the Lord. And the worship this morning was amazing. Worship team, that was great. The presence of the Lord just so ushered in. Uh, but this, this is the scripture in Ezekiel 46, verse 9. I just want to speak and look it up later, but I just want to kind of give you the paraphrased version here. Ezekiel is getting this message from the Lord, and he says, this is the Lord tell, talking to him. Hey, Ezekiel, say this. When on the appointed days of worship, when my people come to me, if they come, if they come in the north gate, I want them to leave the south gate. And if they come in the south gate, I want them to leave the north gate. I just find that incredibly interesting that the Lord was that concerned, Ronnie, about what door to come in and out of. 
you know, this church is a little unique. Most churches have one door in and one door out. You've got multiple opportunities here, you know. It's kind of like that old, if you're old enough like me, the old game show, door number one or door number two. You remember that? Well, you have that option every time. And, uh, you know, but I really don't think the Lord is that concerned that if I came in that door, that if I leave out that door, that's just a longer way to get to my car. I don't think that's the application for us today. I do think it was a very illustrated message to get to the last sentence of that verse. Because the last sentence is this. I don't want my people to leave the same way they came. Come on, y'all with me this morning? You know, the challenge of worship every Sunday, and honestly, I've fallen guilty to that many times, more times than I probably would like to admit, is that I walked into a worship service, whether it's a corporate worship service such as this or my own personal time in worship, and I've been guilty of leaving the very same way that I came. I pray this morning that, uh, you know, whether it be through a message or maybe it's already happened through worship or maybe it's just been a fellowship time that encouragement was just imparted into you over a discussion or a handshake or a hug. But my prayer, and I really believe that, uh, that, that most of us, maybe all of us would be in agreement with this. Can we just pray that we don't leave the same way that we came? That we Can we just pray that we leave different? And I believe the Lord, that's His desire. That uh, if we came in one way, let's leave differently in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we pray that together? Lord, thank you for just an incredible sense already of your presence in this place. It's beautiful. Lord, thank you for your promise that says if we gather in your name, you're right here among us. Thank you for a promise that says that if we just come worshiping you, you inhabit the praises of your people. With all of those promises, Lord, whether we feel it or not, we know by faith you are right here among us. And if you're here, Lord, we know anything can happen. If you're here this morning as you promise and we believe that you are, we know you've come with a purpose, not to sit down as a spectator, but to move among us, touching every single one of us in an exact way that we need. And we believe, Lord, as you want us to believe. We are expecting, Lord, as you are desiring us to expect a touch from you today in such a manner that our life can be forever changed. Lord, we pray that Pastor Mo already led us in that, 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 that moment of just seeking you to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Lord, that's the key to radical change in our life. So, Lord, we're so thankful for that. And I pray, I pray change in all of our lives today that we all leave different than we came in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Karen and I are just uh, honored to be with you this morning. Honored to be with Pastor Mo and Chantel. And uh, we had a great time last night. And uh, it's always a 
a treat to, to come. You know, Pastor Mo, I, I've, I said this a few weeks ago, and I was down south. I think I was over in Raceland with uh, Pastor Jonah, and I just had a revelation. I had a revelation of why, you know, in, in, in Louisiana, you know, we elect this position that I feel, and uh, for it's, it's much better to elect someone from North Louisiana. I'm from North Louisiana, and it's not because we're smarter. No, 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 that's not it at all. It's that when you're in North Louisiana, you look forward to coming to South Louisiana, so you get around. If you're from South Louisiana, you're never going to want to go north. Amen? So it's just fair to elect somebody from the north. But, uh, no, it's it's great to be with you, Karen and I. Um, just uh, have, a, have a great honor to travel around our state. Pastor Mo mentioned we have uh, somewhere close to 600 credential ministers and uh, right at 200 churches just like this that are worshiping all over our state. So on any given Sunday like today, uh, there's close to, to uh, 40,000 Assembly of God folks that are just worshiping the Lord and uh, praying like Pastor Mo led us in again, to, that the Holy Spirit would fill us, that the Holy Spirit would equip us, that the Holy Spirit would empower us to go do what He's called all of us to do. Amen? Hey, I want to, I just want to talk a little bit about this banner right here. And uh, I hear that that's been your theme for this past year, tw- 2019. And uh, I know that uh, there's, a, there's a new new theme and, and a new focus coming, but uh, I'm thankful that that banner is still hanging, at least for this Sunday, and uh, because uh, that's just like a perfect title for what I want to talk about uh, for a few minutes, and uh, you know, in the, the history and in the present moment of, of churches across the state, regardless of the denomination or their affiliation, you know, What's happened here over the last several months is very unique. Somebody can say amen to that in a great way. A lot of times when we're talking about the uniqueness of the church, it's one of those, I can't believe we've done that again. You know, it doesn't connotate something positive. But this is such an incredible, bold move representing the heart of God that it takes just a breath to step back and say, God, you're up to something. When something so unique and so unnatural to human nature happens, we have to identify that as, wow, Lord, you're up to something. You're really up to something, and it's going to be exciting to watch as all of this unfolds, I believe you're just experiencing the very beginning of that. And what I'm also here to applaud and I'm super excited about is that that banner leads to that banner. And that right there is something that that has just been on my heart for, for many years as I look at our churches across our state, because if we could be honest, can we be honest this morning? Does it all right to be honest in church? Okay, good. <laughs> you know, if, if I could just be honest with you, of all of our churches, I couldn't say that about all of our churches. And for us to get to the place of strong and healthy 
We're going to have to make some very bold decisions and humble moves. And one of those bold decisions and humble moves has to deal with that banner right there. And it's amazing how at times, you know, how the Lord just gets us ready. And I know these have been themes for your church. And as you've been living them and praying them and focusing on these themes, it's, it's much more than just, you know, a nice little banner hanging in a church uh, sanctuary. It's been your focus. I even, Pastor Ronnie, I, I heard you even pray that and, and use that word multiple times. It's very intentional. I'm so thankful that God set you up with that, and then He began to show you some of the how, the strategic planning to get to that. And uh, today, that's what we're what, what we're here celebrating. But here's the thing: that today, you know, we have two ears, and I, I just want you to listen with both ears. And one ear, can you just listen and celebrate as we talk about the corporate body, you know, of the church here in Berwick? With the other ear, I think the very same things that we're talking about in unity will apply to you on a local level, just on a very personal level. So can you do that with me? Amen? So here's, here's I want to start with Acts chapter 2. That's always a great place to start, um, especially in a Pentecostal church, and uh, you're talking about unity. So uh, I, just, uh, I do want to start there, but then, then, then I just want us to jump and spend the rest of our time in, in the book of Psalms. And it's a psalm that's very familiar to you. But uh, first of all, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47. You know, I grew up in church, grew up in Oklahoma. Please don't hold that against me. Uh, but uh, back in 1980, my dad is uh, still living and still works every day. And uh, he's an oil field worker. And uh, the oil field business brought him from Oklahoma down to North Louisiana in Shreveport. So, uh, you know, I uh, came down in 1980. So that's a long time ago. Uh, you know, how many years ago was that? Forty. So forty years we've been in, uh, you know, in Louisiana. In fact, Mo was, you know, he was trying to rib me a little bit last night, and I was talking about how bad LSU beat Oklahoma a few weeks ago, and I was like, yeah, it's been forty years since I've been in Oklahoma. You know, so I, I really wasn't pulling for Oklahoma. I was just wishing they could have given LSU a little bit closer game, but uh, I'm still. Uh, I'm a, I'm a Tiger fan. Now, Kara, on the other hand, is from Texas, and, uh, you know, so if you want to say something, just divert it to her and her Texas ways, because, uh, you know, people that leave Oklahoma have easy way to release Oklahoma. People that leave Texas, exactly. <laughs> so, you must be from Texas. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul. There were signs and wonders done through the apostles. And all who believed were together. Everybody say together. They had all things in common. Everybody say in common. They sold the possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And now here's this last sentence here, because this is what I want to focus on here in Acts chapter 2 and also in Psalms 133. There's two phrases that catch my attention. 
And when I read these kinds of sentences, it makes me back up. Now, I should have read that one first, and then we could have backed up. But, but we read the, this, uh, you know, these prior sentences. But it gets us to that one area there that I think, you know, as we're part of the family of God, anytime we read sentences like this, something ought to stir in us. That sentence is, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. The Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. When I read stuff like that, and if we would go back and read the first chapter of Acts and the prior verses in Acts chapter 2, you could see that the Lord was up to something powerful. But it all started with a group of people that were together, and the Bible uses this phrase, they were in one accord. They were unified. You know... And they were, like Pastor Mo, you just said, tomorrow is a, is a prayer meeting. They were unified and they were praying together. It's easy to get people to play together. And in South Louisiana, it's easy to get people to eat together. Come on now. In fact, you know, it's, tonight is not about the football game. Tonight is about the food. Because if the saints ain't in it, who cares? So it's about who's got the best gumbo, you know. What, who's got the best food. It's about eating and laughing and playing. It's easy to get people together when we play. It's easy to get pe- people together when we just eat. It's a little bit challenging to get people together. Pastor Randy, you know this from decades in ministry. When you just say, hey, guys, we're going to pray together. <laughs> in fact... I think that's probably a better way to count who's really part of the church, yeah? Okay, I'm going to ease on past that one. But these people were together praying, and that began to release this incredible revival that even before we get to these verses, thousands had already got saved. So this verse was talking about the formation of this new church and how they already began to put unity as the priority. Hey guys, we're going we're gonna to get together. And we're going to talk about Scripture together, just like we're doing now. We're going we're gonna to pray together. We're going to eat together. We're going to laugh together. We're going to live together. And when we see people in need among us, we're even going to sacrifice so that we can bless together. That's always been the intention for the church of God. Friends, this was the beginning of the church. This is how we were formulated. This is how we were birthed to exist. Again, I'm going to go back to that honest question is, in all honesty, it's pretty easy to think about examples when... We were doing just the opposite of that. Now, with me, can, can, can we just be honest like that? So that when we get back to this kind of simple discipline, in fact, it says there they just served God with simplicity. They didn't try to, to, to you know, they didn't try to make it, you know, rocket science. This is simple stuff. 
Let's just get together, pray together, learn together, share together, live together, and something supernatural is going to happen. And what's that supernatural thing that's going to happen? We are going to become so attractive to the world that people are going to say, what is going on over there? Because that's not like anything I've ever seen. You guys are so counterculture. Things don't happen that way. People don't do that. In fact, they do just the opposite. But when we start moving with that kind of intentionality to come back to just be the church like Jesus intended, He's sitting there waiting to add to us. I believe that's going to happen. I want, to, I want to read that verse one more time, and then I want to just jump to, to uh, Psalms 33. We'll spend a few more minutes there. The Lord added to the church daily. The Lord added to the church daily. Ooh, if we had the time, we could, we probably could just, you know, take a testimony from all across the sanctuary. And all of us could give some great testimony of what God's done in our life. You know, of how He's moved, how maybe He's healed, how He's restored, how maybe He's delivered you from an addiction, maybe he saved your marriage, your son, your daughter, whatever. I'm sure so, so many, probably all of you could just stop for a moment and say, hey, the Lord's done this. But here's one thing that I, I long for the day that we can testify like this, that the Lord is adding to the church daily. Daily. People are getting saved. Exponentially, people are coming to Jesus. You know, I, I know, you know, a lot of folks talk about, you know, this part of the, the nation that we live in where the Bible Belt, you know, some people say Louisiana is like the buckle of the Bible Belt. But we know out of the 4.65 million in our state, there is still a slew of people that need Jesus Christ. In fact, something that's even more challenging, you know, not the lost people that know they're lost, but the lost people that think they have a relationship with Jesus. But they really don't. We need a powerful example of who Christ is and His love because I still believe that this could be a testimony of the church today and I believe it could be a testimony of this church as well. Come on, somebody. You with me? Can, can you just follow me to, to, to Psalms chapter 133 because I believe this, this too has a, has a very similar theme here and our theme is unity. Now this, I do want to go to the very last verse. It's only a few verses long. I'm going to read that entire Psalms. And, uh, uh, but uh, that very last verse, again, like that verse in Acts chapter 2, this has that same effect. It just makes my spiritual ears stand up. And it's these words here in verse 3 of Psalms 133. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Come on, and that's some powerful stuff right there. It's like I read that, you read that, and it's like the Lord commanded a blessing. And then it goes on to say life evermore, forevermore. Okay, 
I want us to look at that and say, okay, that's pretty important to me that the Lord not just suggested a blessing or thought about a blessing or, you know, it's just kind of be a nice thing to bless my... No, 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 it's this, the word is so strong there. It's like the Lord commanded a blessing. Now here's where that two-ear thing is going to come into effect because I really want to be a church that I'm a part of where the Lord is commanding a blessing on our local congregation. But I also want to be an individual and a family where the Lord is commanding a blessing on my family as well, on my life as well. So I love even how, you know, Pastor Mo started a few minutes ago. It's like, yeah, there is some things about the church, but it also is about us as an individual as well. So here's the principle that I think works on both levels because I want to find out where I need to get for there the Lord commanded a blessing. How do I get there? How do we define there? What does it take to get there? And I think as a church, that should be very important to us. And here's the great news. Because I think the things that we're going to uncover simply out of Psalms 133, you folks are well on the way to that place by what's been transpiring here over the last several months. That ought to encourage somebody. I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's like if I'm going to give you a list of something and there's ten things and I haven't even got close to being to number one. That's kind of discouraging. But when you see how it, it it is and what it takes to get to that there, how to define that there, and you realize, oh, that's us. That's who we are. That's what's been happening. That is enough to make some expectation rise. Can we read that verse together? Can we read that Psalms together? It's just very simple and very short. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. There's the word again. Unity. Now, here's interesting because this is a, Pastor Mo, this is, as you know, this is a, uh, if you read in your Bible and if your Bible has kind of, you know, in between some of the Psalms, it has a little description. This is called one of the Psalms of Ascent. Meaning, on those pilgrimages that the Jewish people would have to Jerusalem on an annual basis, in fact, multiple times a year, uh, those folks would go back to Jerusalem. And as you, you know, geographically, as you come to Jerusalem, it sits higher, you know, than the surrounding area. So you have to climb up to Jerusalem. You remember, there's so many times in Scripture it talks about we're going up. To Jerusalem, because once you get close to the city, you know, it's like sitting up on some tops of hills, so you're going up. So the Jewish people had 17 songs out of Psalms, there's 17 of them, that they would sing. The worship leader would sing these songs, Blair, as they were going up to Jerusalem. This is one of those 17 songs. Those 17 psalms were so encapsulated in the heart of the Jewish people that when they built the temple, they made 17 steps from ground floor up to the entryway of the door of the temple, and every one of those steps represented one of these psalms, songs of ascent. This was one of them as they would make their way to Jerusalem to worship the Lord as he's ascribed, they would sing this beautiful song. How blessed it is, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 
It's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edges of his garment. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Very poetic uh, words there describing unity and how beautiful unity is and some allegory of what unity is really like. But it's there the Lord would command the blessing. Karen and I were missionaries for the decade of the 90s. We served several years in uh, the Marshall Islands, which if you're affiliated, you, you have some war history there. The Marshall Islands are way out in the Pacific Ocean. It's, uh, you know, some wonderful history there. But uh, four degrees above the equator there, way, way, way out. In, uh, in fact, you know, <laughs> we lived on an island that was a mile and a half long and 300 yards wide. So it's like a piece of, you know, dirt or dot out in the Pacific Ocean. And just to show you the great humor of the Lord, he, he took us from there in 1992. We were there for a couple of years. Uh, in 92, when Perestroika and Glasnost, all the things in Russia began to fall apart, the Soviet Union, and Russia became open, uh, he took us from living in an, on an island in the Pacific Ocean, four degrees north of the equator, to Siberia in the wintertime. It's like, Lord, at least we moved to Siberia. Can we wait till the summertime? You know, it's like three days this year, but we could hit them on one of those. Uh, but, uh, you know, but, but in the midst of that, you know, we just developed some incredible, uh, some incredible relationships. One of those pastors sent me a picture, because I'm still very connected with the church there, sent me a picture. It reminded me of this verse today. Because usually when we anoint somebody... You know, we got this little bitty vial of oil, you know, we take it out and, and we take the little lid off and, you know, we shake it up. We get a little bit of, on our little finger and, you know, we put, a little, we put a little dot. That's just kind of the way we do it. It's kind of our, our culture, you know. But they sent me a picture because one of the young men was being ordained as a minister. And, and I was looking at his shirt and it was just soaked. And so I was texting back with the pastor. And I said, what happened? It's like we anointed him. I said, you, did you, like, pour the oil? He said, yeah, we poured the whole bottle of oil on his head. I mean, he, they did the Old Testament. I mean, his shirt, it was a white shirt. It was just sticking to him. You know, it looked like he had jumped into the bayou and just came out. And he was soaked. His head was greasy. His face was shiny. His, you know, it's just like, hmm, I think I'll just take the little dab. You know, just hit me with the little dab will do you. Uh, uh, but... David and the old, they did it like my Russian brothers do it. They just dump the whole thing on the head. And that's the picture. It's running down on the head. They dumped so much on them that it didn't stop. It didn't dry up. You know, all his clothes didn't soak it up. I mean, there was so much oil that it reached all the way down. It covered every part of his body. Are you with me? It's like the anointing. Has you ever been in a church service like the pastor's just trying to, you know, he's just like, hey, I just need you down to the front because there's an anointing down here. I'm talking about an anointing that goes all the way to the back row. Somebody in the back row say amen to that. Yeah, I'm sorry, Pastor Moult. You've been trying to get everybody in the front row. Yeah, it's that kind of anointing. It's there the Lord commanded the blessing. It's not a geographical spot. There, the Lord commanded a blessing. Is talking about unity. It's unity. 
I want to be in a place where the Lord is commanding. It's like he's sitting in heaven and the angels are all around. And he's like, oh, it's that time. Most people in Berwick, they're getting together again. Here they are, they're getting together. It's Wednesday night, it's Monday morning, it's a prayer time. Monday, Monday evening, it's a prayer time. It's Sunday, they're just getting together to have fun around a crazy thing. What's football, you know? They're getting together. It's Sunday morning, they're getting together. Come here, guys, come here, come here. I command you to be part of that meeting. I command you to show up at that meeting. I command you to release a blessing in the lives of those people. Come on, does that excite anybody? Man, I just want to be a part of a church where the Lord is just waiting for us to get together. He's just waiting. Come here, come here, come here. They're about to get together. Come on, come on, come on. There's two of them. That's all it takes. They're together. I command a blessing on them right now. Man. Ronnie, every time you get those youth together, it's like the Lord is there. I command a blessing in that meeting tonight. Does that excite you? Man, that just excites me. Let's let's finish reading this. Let's kind of finish all this up because I think there's some great application here. The Lord commanded a blessing. What gets us to that place where the Lord will command a blessing is that right there. It's unity. It's unity. Now the blessing here, just, just hold on just for one minute because the blessing, the Lord started out in the book of Genesis to reveal himself as a God who loves to bless us. That word blessing is found 60 times, 60 times in just the book of Genesis. You read through Genesis, I know many of you have, probably most of you have, you see the revelation of God as a creator, as a covenant maker, and also as a someone who loves to give and command a blessing. May we, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, never forget that His nature is to give a blessing, to release a blessing upon His people. Can somebody say amen to that? And the very, very first place, because when we talk about the Lord's going to command a blessing, I want to know what kind of blessing He's going to give. What's in His nature to give? Now, I think we need to be careful because sometimes we want the Lord to bless us with all the things we want. Now, He's not committed to give us all the things we want. He's surely committed to give us the things of His nature that will get us to, to, to fulfill His will in our life. Are you with me? So, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 says this. First time when you see the word blessed here. And God blessed them. Obviously, He's talking about Adam and Eve. And God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. Are you with me? Think back to what we just read in Acts chapter 2. What was happening? They were multiplying. It's like the blessing of the Lord was being fulfilled in the church because they were there in the place where God will command a blessing. 
when we get to, as you are here in that place of unity, you find yourself in a place that the Lord is releasing the blessing. What is he blessing? Now, here again, follow me with both ears. He's blessing this to you as as a church, as a local body, but he's blessing this to you as as individuals. He's blessing you as be fruitful. It's not just have more babies, you know. Karen and I are blessed, you know. We've been, you know, together for 38 years. Uh, as, as married, we have two children. We have three grandchildren. I don't want any more children. I hope that's not talking about, that'd be, I, that'd be like a freak of nature right now. I don't want that in my, I love grandchildren. I don't want any more kids, amen. I believe that area of being fruitful and reproducing is more than just having biological children. It's about reproducing the things of God, reproducing disciples, reproducing leaders. Come on, are y'all with me? What does that mean in your life? It can mean something a little bit different than it means in Karen and I's life, but the Lord wants to bless you to be fruitful. Obviously, I think it means to be fruitful in our element of re- the, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I want to be fruitful in those areas. Come on, y'all with me. To be fruitful, to multiply, to expand, to grow. Well, that's easy to apply to our church, isn't it? Now, here's these last two that I really, really love. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth to subdue it and have dominion over it. The Lord is wanting to release in you this power to walk out of here with just an ability to have control and conquer the enemy. Again, I so love Pastor Mo preached a message uh, just in those few words that he spoke a few minutes ago. If we were listening, that was a powerful message. So many times we think that Jesus or God and the enemy are equal counterparts. Not even close, he said. Amen. And the Lord is wanting us to walk out with such power and authority that every addiction, every habit, every faulty way of thinking, friends, we can live victorious over that. Because we're, we have the power, the Lord is commanding a blessing into our life to subdue the enemy, to beat the enemy, to win at every front. You know, Hayden, isn't it amazing in baseball you can be a superstar and only have a batting average where four times out of ten you actually get a hit? I mean, if you had a batting average of 400... That's kind of an amazing thing, wasn't it? Like, you don't have to hit a home run every time, but like four times out of ten. You know, it's kind of like being a... The only thing better than that is being a weatherman in Louisiana because you never have to be right there and you still get paid. You know? But every other job that you have, you work on the oil field, you know, you're trying to stab pipe into that. Can you imagine the tool pusher and the driller? If, you're, if, if you only can stab every four joints of, out of ten, you're probably not going to have a job very long working on a, uh, on a drilling rig, are you? Come on, y'all with me. I'm telling you, the Lord is saying, 
every single time I will command a blessing to beat the enemy. Not four out of ten, not eight out of ten, not nine out of ten, but every single time you can win. Come on, that, that stuff excites me. And then, and then lastly is this. We're going to finish up with this. And lastly is this. He's like, you have dominion. You can win. You can beat the enemy. See, Scott, what's the difference between subduing and having dominion? Subduing is having the power and the authority to conquer. And dominion is having the wisdom to rule in freedom and victory. It's like the Lord wants to release this kind of inheritance upon you to subdue the enemy and then have the strategy and the dominion, the wisdom to keep living and functioning in this place where it is a perpetual blessing. Now the challenge is this. Once we get a little bit of good things happening... What normally happens then? Lord, I got it now. I don't really need you like I used to need you. But if we'll stay humble and keep ourselves in this place of unity, that's why in so many places in the New Testament, I'll finish with this. Paul said this in Hebrews chapter 12 pursue peace. Pursue peace. Because we have to pursue it. We have to be intentional. Just like, you know, Pastor Ronnie, you had to be intentional about using that word unity. You know, we have to be intentional about forgiving. We have to be intentional about reaching out. We have to be intentional about just living in the aspects of unity. Pastor Mo, you said something about giving a few minutes ago. There's unity on so many different levels. I have to be in unity with what the Word says. When I'm in unity in giving with what the Word says about giving, He commands the blessing. Just like you mentioned. When I'm in unity with the Scripture, like I see the Scripture and I say yes to the Scripture, and I'm going to live the Scripture, I'm in unity with the Word of God, He commands the blessing of that. And it goes with, I'm in unity with my brother. I'm in unity with my sister. I'm in unity with people that sit across the, the aisle from me. I'm in unity. And that means I have to be intentional about forgiving, intentional about talking, intentional about making things right. And then when I'm in that kind of unity, again, I'm in a place where the Lord commands a blessing. Friends, I believe you're there. I believe you're just like standing right there. Not even on the edge. You've already taken the first step. You've made some very hard decisions. Just two congregations coming together as one. Who does that? You did. You did. And I believe the Lord's applauding your decision in heaven. And I believe He's already rallied His angels. And he's already given the instruction. You command the blessing. You take that blessing. You take that blessing. And, and there's a little bit of a, of a story when Jesus sent the first disciples out as, on a mission trip. He said something that's a little kind of funny because we're so relational. He said, don't stop and greet anybody along the way. Because I don't want you to get sidetracked. 
I think that's what he's telling his angels in this situation. Don't you get sidetracked. You better find your way to Berwick, Louisiana. You better find your way all the way down there in that swamp. Don't you get sidetracked up in North Louisiana. I know I need to stop in Washington, D.C., but don't you even get sidetracked there. You find your way to South Louisiana because it's in that place those people have found their spot, and I want to release a blessing to multiply. I want to release a blessing to expand. I want to release a blessing to subdue. I want to release a blessing to have dominion as a church and as individuals. Come on, y'all with me? I hope this message allows our expectation to skyrocket. That every time we come together to worship, even, even I just pray you, you go to the Super Bowl party tonight, not expecting one team or another to win or the gumbo to be great, but to expect, man, God's going to do something. I mean, He's just going to command a blessing right here. Something's going to happen. Not just when we get together to pray. But how about when we even get together to play? Come expecting. Come hungry. But it also applies because you're part of this body, you as an individual can expect that same thing in your own life. Every time you open the Word of God, the wee hours in the morning or the late night when the kids are all in bed, Every time you have a moment to get alone with the Lord, expect the Lord to do something. Because He's just waiting for that moment to command a blessing into your life. Can you shut your eyes and bow your heads with me? And I just want to pray with you. And I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Mother. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you how it encourages. Thank you for this group of people that have said yes to your will. Thank you for this group of people that have said yes to something that they deep down have believed, they've heard from you, and you've spoken. Lord, your nature is always the same. You never, you never change. Lord, you long for people to be ple- to be in a, in, a, in a place of unity because you sow your heart, your loving heart, is so wanting to command the blessing into our life. Well, I believe this is the place right here. Bless these people, Lord. You're going to command the blessing. Bless them to be fruitful. Bless them to multiply. Bless them to subdue. Bless them to have dominion. Lord, you've called them. You've equipped them. You've gotten them into this great place, Lord. The blessing is being released into the lives of these folks. Lord, I pray blessing. Lord, it's just your blessing, Lord, upon these families, those that are that, that are wanting, desiring to see restoration in families, Lord, for healing in bodies, for sons and daughters to come back to you, for marriages to be restored, Lord, for finances and jobs, Lord. The blessing touches every aspect of our life. Lord, you're commanding it. I pray that our eyes be open. Let's Paul pray that our eyes be open. Revelation would occur, Lord, to the hope of our calling, the, the hope, the expectation of this blessing being fulfilled in our lives, Lord. May our eyes be open. May our hearts be full. May we be full of expectation to see you move 
powerfully in our individual lives and surely in this church. Mighty God. Lord, and I pray that this, what's happened here, Lord, would just continue to happen. Or I believe this would be the first fruits of so many other places becoming healthy and taking the, the adequate, bold steps to health and strength. May we look at this place and see your testimony of how you're going to move in such powerful ways and say, oh, there's something great. There's a decision. There's a key that we need to follow. Lord, I pray that many folks will look here as a testimony of what they too can do. So good to be in your presence today, Lord. I pray that they would be a day of great expectation for all of us. Increase our expectation. Thank you, Lord.